This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and it is the end of August, and we're rapidly approaching Labor Day weekend. And one of the things I absolutely love about Labor Day weekend, it kind of, to me, feels like a new start to like the next quarter of the year. Um, and it's just one of those things that we can say, okay, um, that we could start over. But one of the things we really want to we really want to do during that weekend, hopefully, is get some downtime and get to read. And one of the most fun things is to curl up with a great book. And in, in Texas, it's really, really hot still in September. So sitting by the pool or sitting on the beach or sitting inside by the air conditioner, um, all great choices to uh, sit around and read. And I have a book for you to pick up because we have an author that's come back to talk to us again, which I'm super excited about. Honey Parker was here earlier talking about her book, Carefulish, that she wrote about six people during the pandemic. And now she has Daughter of Carefulish. Um, and I want to know all sorts of things and wonderful things about this book. But I'm super excited to have Honey back on the show. Welcome, my dear. How are you? I am so good, and I thank you for having me. Absolutely. So what? So you had a lot of success and super amazing feedback with Carefulish. I mean, the the posts, people posting with with Carefulish, the book, and you know, in quarantine and all this other stuff. What did it surprise you to get such overwhelmingly positive stuff? Or um, was it like, you know, I'll get some good, I'll get some bad? But I mean, where did you? Where did all that fall for you? Oh my God, it was it was staggering. Truthfully, um, this whole thing kind of it came up so organically. Uh, you know, writing about six people in lockdown uh, in New York City, and and having it be um, light and humorous and with a lot of heart and all that. It was for me writing it. It was it was therapeutic. It kept me smiling. It kept me happy and. Um, I love human behavior and all of our quirks. I had no idea how it was going to hit anybody else. I mean, how can you know? And yeah. and the moment I put it out, like people started sending me pictures of themselves posing with the cover. That kind of mm-hmm. became a thing. And then, um, I mean, I got very good response from some people in the industry that I really, really respect. Uh, Pam Wallace, who co-wrote the movie Witness, um, has just been a heck of a fan. And uh, David Sheffield, who uh, wrote for on SNL, and um, he wrote Coming to America and all that. And, mm-hmm. and he loved it. It was great. And then the, the thing that really got me was some of the responses. There's a gal uh, in Napa, and she shared a story with me about how uh, she lost her house. I mean, devastating. Lost her house in a fire. And uh, one night, grabbed the book, curled up in a chair, and read it cover to cover. And she said, it is the first time that I laughed in months. Yeah. And, I, you know, what do you do with that? That's uh, huge. That just, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, I, I spent lockdown telling myself I was at a writer's retreat and, you know, you just put your head down and you, you create this thing. 
and mm-hmm. to have it then have this other life is is crazy. And I think too, you know, we we feel compelled to write a story. I mean, anybody who says, "Well, how do you start?" It's like, well, you usually want to write about something um, as mm-hmm. a story that won't let you go, whether it's about a a you know a biography or or you know fiction. Um, we feel compelled to tell that story, but but you do. I mean, you foster it. You make it perf- as perfect as you can, and then you put it out in the world. And to get that kind of feedback, I mean, I don't think any of us anticipate, well, I'm so glad I wrote this story because I'm going to help all these people, and they're going to be so <laughs> right. happy and write to me. I mean, they don't. They just, no, that's not how we're doing it. Um, no, but it's actually, our I was, I was too. utterly yeah. selfish. It was, yeah. I mean, this was therapy. I mean, my, you know, it was the beginning of lockdown, so we all know what that felt like. Um, my mother had just passed, so that was a lot horrible. Uh, it was a lot, and you know, I just, you know, my husband kept saying to me, "Write happy. Are you happy? Are you still happy?" And that kind of kept me in the right headspace to mm-hmm. to make this what I wanted to make it. Um, but yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, when you're when you were creating your characters. Um, how did you – so we all create characters and we all have them do these, this, these things. And when did you – when you're writing, um, it was, oh, no one's going to believe anybody does this, right? Like, this is, <laughs> this is too much. But I, this fits the character, so I'm going to keep it. And then yeah. the feedback you got for that, like, oh, my gosh, that's my neighbor, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, um, some of it – I was – I had two feelings about it. Some of it I thought, well, it's just, should I even write about people making sourdough and bread and all this kind of stuff and naming their sourdough? I've had so yeah. many people say, oh, my God, I named my sourdough. And I've heard all uh, the names. I'm trying to remember some of the, some of the really good names. Um, of course, now I can't because I'm trying to think of them. Uh, <laughs> But then, like, the really crazy things that happened in the book. I mean, somebody is, you know, he's making a Ninja Warrior training course in in uh, his parents' apartment. Uh, and But the response that I've gotten is, man, I can see someone I know in all these people. Yeah. And, and that's just, I mean, I love it. Uh, and certainly... Certainly, I've hidden a lot of my own quirks in some of these different characters. Right. Uh, but, yeah, basically the response I've gotten is, wow, there's something in here for everyone. There is a stupid behavior for everyone. True. I, I think it's interesting how, and, you know, we were just talking about this before we started, was um, people are really seeing this insight to human behavior that a lot of people just really didn't appreciate like I worked ER and ICU for years and so it was to me it was like yeah this is typical um but I mean so many people are like why why are people acting like this I'm like they've been acting like this it's just we haven't seen it on such a huge scale and um it's great you know in some ways it's just really twisted fodder for writing um but I mean people are just just really interesting and there's and it's no been so yeah potent 
right now. Yeah, yeah. During lockdown is such an interesting time to take a look at human behavior because everything just seems to be heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I mean, the, the good and the bad, you know, all of it. Um, and uh, I, I certainly have put some of these characters through the ringer, but, you know, they can take it. <laughs> Well, I mean, and it's interesting because I remember talking to my mother-in-law years ago, and she's a lovely woman, but she's like, I don't understand why anyone would want to see a movie like whatever it was, and there was all this conflict. I said, because nobody wants to watch two hours of people being nice to each other. I said, the, even in Sound of Music, there were Nazis. I mean, you know, come on. You, nobody wants to sit around and watch people just be pleasant. It's boring. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's that, that potency coming through is is – that's perfect word right there. Um, and I laugh about you mentioning the sourdough because we talked about that before, but uh, my daughter came home yesterday and she's like, okay, so in science class, um, and their district's making them all wear masks, which is fabulous, but um, she's like, in my science class yesterday, we're doing experiment and we have two tomato plants and I have named them Jerry and Bob. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like strong work, babe. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Got to keep it fresh. So yeah. you've you came up with Carefulish, and now your newest book, Daughter of Carefulish. Tell us how. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would seem obvious how these are related, but tell us how this the one book leads to the other. Well, the the second book in the series, and it's I'm working on the third book now. The second book starts the morning after the last book ends. Okay. Uh, so it's the next morning, and this is giving nothing away, but everybody has got a raging hangover from what they did the night before. Um, okay. So, so Daughter of Carefully starts with a fair amount of pain, fair amount of self-inflicted right. pain. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and it goes timeline through, like, last October. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, so it's the same, we're going to start with the same six characters, same six friends. Um, And these are friends who uh, they knew each other in high school, whether they were tight in high school, they weren't all tight in high school, but they moved Mm -hmm. to New York and found each other. Um, And that's kind of when I moved to New York, um, I all of a sudden became closer friends with people who I knew from high school or college who happened to be there. You just kind of form these families. And so sure. that's what they did, and, and they had gotten together at this bar every Thursday for their weekly, you know, after-dinner drink, and it turned into a weekly Zoom call now during lockdown. So anyway, it's the same six characters. There's a couple of new characters that come into their lives, and then one of our characters is thrown a total curve, and she's got to go take care of a parent. So then we get that whole new world, of mm-hmm. uh, her, of her parents' world and what what that generation is doing that is utterly uncarefulish and completely crazy and so different than life in New York City. It's I will say right. it's Florida. It, the, the parent is in Florida <laughs> and 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 attitudes are quite different. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing, um, but it's. I was I have just finished watching The Good Place and there's a character in it called Jason and he's from Florida and all the Florida jokes are so and oh, wow. I realize that this was all written you know 
three, four, five years ago. Um, but man, mm-hmm. <laughs> it really gets emphasized now when I'm watching it. So it's oh, you know my husband. How frightening for this character. For yeah. Oh my gosh, it's it's utterly it is utterly and and I keep going back and forth and there's comparisons to, I mean part of it is, you know as. I think as we all advance through life, there are different times where we said to ourselves, you know, I thought I would have grown out of that behavior. <laughs> you know, like I thought right. I would have learned and st- I would not do X anymore. And so this character is kind of confronted with the fact that, you know, no, you are <laughs> going to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Um, and in Florida, <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> but, I, you know, oh, wow. I, and then, you know, I've introduced some characters in Florida and I just kind of love them too. Uh, some yeah. of them are just get little hits and some of them get bigger plays and, um, you know, and then it's dealing with parents and, and that's loaded. That's so loaded. Even in the best situation, it's loaded. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, my, like I said, my mother's passed, but I was very close with my mother. I'm still very close with my father. And, man, I can tell you some funny stuff. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. still, yeah. Yeah, my dad is, I love my father dearly, and I know he'd fight a bear for me. But there are times that I joke with my kids about um, going to events because he hated traffic. So we would be there two hours before any sporting event like we would yeah. go to the Houston Hurricanes soccer league it was like way back when and they had professional soccer in Houston and we would go we'd be there two hours before the game ever started and then we'd get to the second half and we would leave like I don't know 15 minutes after it started so we could get home and <laughs> I we did see... early out <laughs> yeah so and I didn't see an end of a football game until I was in the band in high school because, you know, you can't leave. So my dad would come and watch the game. He'd watch halftime, and he was out of there, you know, like he's done. Um, so and this, this happened until college. I mean, he'd come up and see me when I was in the UT band, and he'd be like, okay, good job, bye, and he would, like, be out. Um, so that's always been the joke, and, and my kids are like, hurry up, we got to get there two hours early, you know, because it's just like we're laughing about it. But it was insane. This is, and, and my oh, husband's yeah. like, what do you mean you'd leave? I'm like, we'd leave. <laughs> Just be oh, done. Me, absolutely. It's so funny. My husband and I have joked about that. You know, both of our families did that. You know, mm-hmm. just I never saw the end of a Phillies game. Never. We were out of there. <laughs> So when so I met good. my husband, and I would just say, uh-uh, I'm sitting here, and we're going to be the last ones walking out of this place. I'm seeing everything. Well, that's the other thing. Like, why not wait for everybody to leave? Like, you can yeah. do that, too. I know. No, that, I know. Never, that never came up. No, no, no we can't. I've hurry. Com- we got to go. <laughs> I've completely, for, for the book, I've completely stolen things out of my mother's mouth. Just totally, you know, just out and out ripped them off. Yeah. Put them in. Well, it makes it real because, you know, if your mom said it, you know, there's like 500 other moms who've said something that like that and people are going to go, yep, there it is. 
I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, it's just there. Yeah, we used to <laughs> joke with my mother um, that she her brand is um, I'm disappointed, but I love you anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's her brand. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was all good. She told one time. We were uh, going out, and I, I, I put this in the first book. Uh, we were going out someplace, uh, just this dynamic. And uh, I, I was in my 20s, and I was home visiting, and she said, uh, "Hun, it's cold. Do you want a sweater or a jacket? And I said, I don't take a jacket. And she said, take the sweater. I said, well, if you knew what you wanted me to take, why would you ask? And she said, I thought yeah. you might get it right. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, my dad's Thank thing you. is to say – where where do you guys want to go eat? I'm sure this is a lot of people hearing this going, oh, I know where this is going. Um, like, where do you want to go eat? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what sounds good? Yeah, I don't want to go there. <laughs> like, why are you asking? <laughs> yeah, anything you pick is fine by me, except for what you pick. Yes, not there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. And in, don't, in any the... place we don't have to wait, but I want to go out Friday at 630. It's like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I as well stay home. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. And and the the character that I've got dealing with a parent is like the worst uh, parent relationship of the book. Yeah. So why make it easy well, for them? Yeah. Right? right. Well, and I think what you're talking about is I thought I wouldn't act this way when I was a sage and I, or I would never act like this person, right? And then... Mm-hmm. You realize you act more like them than you realize, but it's so emphasized when you're actually having to battle the person you said you wouldn't be like. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, that's yeah, that's actually I've, that's so funny because I'm I'm in the third book right now and writing the third book, and I've I've got a character who's like a hundred percent there, you know, <laughs> in that. But you know, in this book, we've got some we've got some nice public shaming. We've got all kinds of fun. Sweet, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. That's you know. that's good fodder for therapy. So well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to switch gears for just a second, and you have sure. a really fun Instagram. So if anybody wants to follow Honey, she's at Honey Parker Books on Instagram, and. She has this really great post about her husband versus the cat. So <laughs> how's that going? <laughs> man and cat is, I just hashtag it man and cat. I, I had originally started writing things about it. And then I'm like, no, man and cat covers it. Um, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the middle of, of posting about books and stuff, uh, you know, he's, my husband is kind of like the king of deadpan. And, you know, the only creatures who do deadpan better than my husband are cats. And mm-hmm. we're traveling the country right now. We're kind of looking for our next our next home. And as we go around the country, um, we're with friends, we're with family, we're, we're visiting. Uh, we have a lot of friends with cats, and I'm at my brother's place right now, and he's got three cats. And okay. You know, like any time I look over, Mr. Parker, which is what my call, I call my husband, Mr. Parker, um, he is having some sort of mirror interaction with a cat 
and uh, I can't help but share it. And people are just kind of loving it. <laughs> Does he like cats? So, yeah, so it's not just our cat. Um, mm, that's a loaded question. Uh, I think so. Uh, when we first got together, I had a cat who ultimately lived to be like 20. Yosef. Okay. And uh, Mr. Parker, Flame would always call him my cat. Well, that's your cat. And, right. Uh, and, you know, I would always say, oh, he loves me so much. And that's my talking cat voice. It's, you know, it's always like, who's a cat? Oh, who loves me? And, uh, <laughs> and I would say that and, and Flame would say, you know, they don't feel emotions like you do. I'm like, mm, you're wrong. Uh, and, and then one time. Uh, the cat, you know, dropped a load where he shouldn't have. And sure. So Blaine, Blaine confronted the cat and tried to reason with him. And so the cat <laughs> bit him, and his hand uh. blew up like a football. And we scooted to the emergency room. And as the emergency room doctor says to him, was it your cat? And, and Blaine says, no, it's hers. I don't think that's what the doctor was asking, but okay. <laughs> but I was like, okay, so the cat doesn't feel emotions, but you can reason with it? That doesn't make sense. Sure. sure. Like, A, the cat uh, can feel emotions, and B, you cannot reason with it. <laughs> you cannot. And it feels the emotions yeah. when it damn well feels like it's going to feel emotions. <laughs> exactly. And you're just going to, yeah. you know, you choose to enjoy it or not. But... um yeah, then we we had another cat. I've I've put I've put Blaine through the ringer with with cats. We traveled in an RV with a cat. That was great. Sure. You know. Please so, tell me you're going to put that in a book. Traveling in an RV with a cat. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Fine. I'll share that pain. Let me make a note. Well, you know, you could do it like um, 50, 50 things I learned from traveling in an RV with my cat and this guy that keeps showing up at my house. <laughs> you know, actually, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so I'm, I'm on the third book of Carefulish, and after I finish that, um, and may come back to these characters, but I have another series that I'm doing, and it's literally set in RVs. Um, and so now I think somebody's going to have a cat. I think the main character is going to have a cat. I think it would be a good thing. You never know what that cat might help with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My (laughs) husband, when I first met him, he, um, you know, he's very, he was a, he was an engineer before he went to med school. And, um, so, and I'm like, woohoo. Yeah. So it's, you know, these two different types of people. Um, and he came over on our second date and I said, okay, um, I have to go brush my teeth really quick. I have a cat. You're probably not going to see him. He doesn't like anybody. So he's just going to, you know, I'll be right back. So I, I walk back in the room like three minutes later, and that cat is sitting next to him. Now, mind you, he is allergic, like badly. Mm. Um, and he's sitting there, and that cat's just looking at him like, so. <laughs> and I thought, Oh, now I gotta marry this guy because <laughs> the cat came out and sat with him, and and initially he was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. And then he and the cat just formed this bond. He taught it tricks, um, and he was just really devastated when that cat died. He lived to be eighteen. 
So the cat, my husband, you know, still alive. But yeah, as you know, as much as as Blaine, you know, would say that, uh, well, whatever he would say about my cat, um, uh, I had been when because the cat lived to be twenty, and I had uh, been away, and I came home, and he was literally walking around the house with the cat in a sling close to his body because the cat was coming to the end and he wanted to just keep the cat close and warm and all that. So, you know, I mean, he, he plays a good deadpan face game of, I have no emotions, but you know, he was right there. (laughs) And, and it's interesting how, yeah. Go ahead, dear. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, just saying, yeah, it's amazing how, um, that animals really kind of, you know, open our hearts a little bit when we'd least expect it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I can't thing. get up. I'm under a cat. Right. I have canine paralysis quite frequently. So yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. My, my husband's like, Hey, you know, blah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't move this like, 12 pound dogs on me. So I'm, I can't. <laughs> yeah, like if if my husband would like roll on me in the middle of the night, like a hand goes across and I'm like, oh my God, you got to move your hand. But if a cat's on my leg, I can't move. Yeah. I can't. You just, just, that's the rules. That's the I'm rules that they set. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the deal. That's what happens. So you're yeah. finishing, are you working on book three? When do you anticipate that will be released? Oh, that's a good question. So I'm working on Bride of Carefulish is the third book. Okay. And my goal is to have that out by the end of the year. It's going to be close. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then we yeah, can find them I'm, in the same places we find your other two. Yeah. Uh, they're all up on Amazon, or you can find them all at honeyparkerbooks.com. Um and you will also see that I'm coming out with a, a small cocktail book for the cocktails of Carefulish because there's a fair amount of drinking in the book. And I thought, oh, I should be able to help people and give them a cocktail book. So that will be coming out as well. People dig that stuff. They really do. You know, I, I just kind of put it out there that I was going to be doing a cocktail book and a bunch of people sent me recipes and I was like, okay, anybody who sends me a recipe gets a free cocktail book because, you know, why not? Um, mm-hmm. And I got a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I waited and like tables some, in high school. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, the, the last one I got, I'm trying to, I think I put it, I'm putting it in the third book. It's called, I think it's called a drunken Yoda, and okay. it's oh, yeah. like a big punch with uh, chocolate chip mint ice cream and Kahlua, and you know, sounds good. Oh my gosh, yes! So if you come to Texas, we'll get the recipe and we will make it. So, <sighs> yes. although I don't know if you want to come here right now. <laughs> well, I. I have made a blanket statement that I don't think I ever want to drive through Dallas again. Oh, my word. The last time yeah. I drove through Dallas, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And and you live in California. You've lived in California, true, and, and New York with all that. It's just like, I've lived in, wow. yeah, California, New York, Utah, Florida for a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, the Just the highways of Dallas really freaked me out. 
Yeah, if you're not yeah. quite sure where you're supposed to be or going, yeah, it can be a little bit overwhelming for sure. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, that that really was like my heart was pounding. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, we were just, we were driving, we drive across the country a lot, and, and Blaine was about to, right before we got there, he's like, you know, I'm getting tired. I'm about ready to switch off. You take the wheel. I said, fine. But before he could find a place to pull off, we're in it. We are absolutely in it. And he's like, well, I'm awake now. Yeah. 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 Well, here's something you could have for your um, RV stories. I had okay. some cousins from East Texas that they used to love RVing everywhere. And they're just fabulous, fabulous uh-huh. people. And they would go visit all their families and everywhere. Well, Kenneth um, was a heart patient. And one of the wires from his um, pacemaker came loose while he was driving. And um, he he basically died. And um, so his wife, Patsy, was having to climb over him to get to the wheel to keep them from crashing. Um, and then she gets the car to the side of the road and then conducts CPR until the ambulance can get there. And he lives. Oh, my God. <laughs> And they were telling us this story at one of the holidays we got together and we're looking at them like, are you serious? <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it was like, you know, just another Tuesday. <laughs> just uh, like, um, okay. By the way, my mouth is wide open. That's shocking. And then yeah. nobody else can tell a story after that because no story is going to be as good as that. Right. It's just like, what? You know, and, and he had had. You know, he had multiple heart attacks. He'd had a stroke. She ended up having cancer at one point, and he outlived her. And it was just like, it was just insane, you know, the stuff they went through. But it, they were just really sweet, lovely people who liked their RV. So it's like, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. It's nuts. Well, now, yeah. okay, so now my scary RV stories are, like, meaningless. <laughs> No, no, just wow. just throw it in there somewhere. You can, you know, you you can have that one, because I will never probably what? never write an RV what? story. Thank you. <laughs> and now you're like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> no, well, I'm just I just make so I spend half my life sending myself texts. Now, ever since I started um, writing novels. I just, I'm texting myself all the time because mm-hmm. life is just filled with presence of these great yeah. things that you see or, or you hear somebody did or just some, sometimes it's just a turn of phrase that I love. I'm like, oh my God, I've never put those five words together and that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And I'll just text myself and in the morning, the first thing I do is I check my emails and I just go through all that stuff and I, I put them in different places. Mhm. Yeah. Wow. And there's a one time we were sitting here recently at a restaurant, and uh, this one, these two people were kind of, you could tell they were discussing something pretty intense. And she's like, "I'm not going back there because of the lizards." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm writing that one down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no idea where you've been. So good. <laughs> so many possibilities. Um. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. People are fun. So, I mean, oh, with yeah. you guys are going and RVing, um, when do you – so you'll you'll finish The Bride of Carefulish, <clears throat> and then when do you anticipate your new series will be out next year in 2023? What do you think? 
I would I would certainly hope that I get at least the first book of the next series out next year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I've been I actually started outlining that before I ever thought of writing Carefulish. Uh but Carefulish, you know, the pandemic happened and I was inspired and I wrote um Sure. I just wrote and wrote and wrote. Um so I already had some thinking for the next series. And it's been interesting how carefulish and just studying human behavior um, is coloring uh, how I'm going to attack the next series. Because the next mm-hmm. series is, uh, theme-wise, is, is very, very different, but it's still human behavior is human behavior. Um, yeah. But it's it's a it's a different genre. Yeah. I I right. can't help myself. I mean, it will be hopefully humorous, but not not completely, not as much as this one. Well, and you know, being a writer and, and loving movies forever, my kids have picked up a lot mm. of my quirks when watching film. And when you know we've watched certain things and we've you know compared certain you know, superhero worlds to each other and. The big thing that, you know, I tell them is the best movie has this really good balance of even if it's a really intense scene, there's some sort of humor thrown in somewhere because you can't be stressed the whole time watching this if if it's trying to be this kind of movie. Um, and well, even I think in the classic like, example super dumb of that horror movies, I got to have. Yeah, yeah. You know, where they're they're all yeah. sitting in the boat. I don't know if you remember, but uh, the oh, three yeah. main characters are, are sitting in the boat, and they're kind of, you know, you know that there's impending doom, and they just have this mm-hmm. very light, laughing moment. Um, and absolutely, you need that, I think. Um, and I, th- you know, and I think that it makes the the scary stuff, whether it's horror or or whatever, even more potent because because you've just taken that huge swing instead of going from, from, you know, zero to 10, you've gone from negative mm-hmm. 10 to 10, you know, it's just a bigger, mm-hmm. it's a bigger swing. Yeah. And I think the humor also adds, this is what we might lose if we don't succeed mm, like these moments. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I this think is you're why right. we're fighting for this. Yeah. You know, and um, so that is it's, wow, yeah. that is so true. That's yeah. yeah. See, my coffee kicked in really thing. early today. I'm being very <laughs> philosophical. Oh, it was really good. <laughs> I'm just at the bottom of my second cup, and I clearly need a third because you just crushed me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have moments every once in a while. It's all good. Oh, that was so um, good. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that whole, now I can't even remember, like, what are we fighting for type, you know, moment. You know, like, mm-hmm. we're fighting for co- the, <laughs> the ability to drink coffee whenever we damn well please. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the best moments <laughs> in my life are drinking coffee. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, when you were talking about Jaws, every time I see that movie um, and – you know, I've watched a ton of documentaries since then, and there's a new one out with Valerie Taylor, um, who helped with 
filming that, like the shark scenes and some other stuff, and she mm-hmm. talks about how they filmed it. And, um, and then she's been a huge conservationist for years. And I think about that, and I think about the sharks and then being in the cages and everything else. And then that translates to my brother actually went out shark cage diving um, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And um, it was off of Coronado, so they went out where they do all the research. <clears throat> and he said, you know, we're out there, and you get that they're long, you know, like 12, 14 feet, whatever. He said it's the mm-hmm. girth that people just don't appreciate. So it's literally like a, t- a bus with teeth. I mean, yeah. you're talking about – so the perspective is very – different when you're in the water and I'm thinking every time I see someone in the cage I'm like that's really a lot bigger than we think it is (laughs) well I mean nowhere near as good a story as that but uh when it was our yeah it was our our honeymoon we were in Belize and um Mm -hmm. we were diving and it was this you know I've heard of like a stingray alley kind of thing but it was yeah. it was stingrays and sharks. Now, okay. just to be clear, there were nurse sharks, so we were told there was no danger. But yes. the darn things are like seven feet long, okay? Yeah. And when when a nurse shark that's seven feet long bumps into you, seriously, you just want to throw up and get out of the water. At least that was my yeah. reaction. And I'm a I'm a diver. I love diving. All that. I was the first one out of the water. I'm like, no, yeah. no, I'm not meant to be here with this thing. I'm out. I am out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's so imposing. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine had was diving with um, a whale shark and those things are, they're the biggest. And right. There's part of me that's like, wow, that would be amazing. And the other part of me is like, I think, I don't know if I could take it. I think I might yeah. throw up and get out of the water. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah, too much. A lot. I've, I well, swam with, uh, what's, uh, Barracuda, mm-hmm. also insanely creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have eyelids. They don't but, blink, man. They just, like, they got you in their sights. It's it's weird. Yeah, and they're all lower jaw. It looks like they swam into a wall. You know, they've got that jaw shoved up. Uh, but they're long and thin. They don't have, you know, what you were talking about. They don't have that mass of a shark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should do one about diving. So do your RV stuff <laughs> and then talk about, do a series about diving. A series about diving. I'm just going to keep adding oh to your schedule here. Yeah. So, well, I actually have, have another uh, – story in mind that I'm not sure if I'm going to, it's going to be one book or a series that I think I'll take on after I take on um, this other series. And that's more of a period piece. Um, and there, there will be no shark cages. Oh, bummer. Okay. I know, but I'll make so, myself a note and uh, perhaps I will get to the shark cage. Sweet. I love it. Yeah. So tell me if, your books were going to screen, whether TV or film. Um, yeah. Who would play the main six characters? What actors? Uh, you know, I just, 
I sat in on a book club and I got asked this question. Um, and, then, <laughs> and I stunk at the answer then. And I'm probably going to stink at the answer now. Um, I just I just forgot the actress's name. Oh, my word. Uh, that I thought could play Kimmy. Um, she's in everything right now. Chinese actress. Um, Was she in... Um... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think she could absolutely pull off, you know, Kimmy's bluntness. Um, yeah. I think she'd be pretty great at that. Uh, I've always said, I've always said, in all the books, I, I describe Benji as um, like Adam Driver's younger brother. You know, okay. he, he looks like Kylo Ren. Um, okay. But a little younger and, and a little less cool. Um and yeah, I I wish hmm, I sh- I should have written down people for this one. Uh, <laughs> well, it'd be a cool. So I mean, I, you could throw it out there to pe- to the readers and see who comes up with what. Like, oh, I love um, that. You're just giving me all yeah. kinds of stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask readers who would play what. Yeah, that's fun. The Aquafina did. She was on SNL. Um, a few years ago, and she did this amazingly funny skit, like she was Cleopatra's stylist. I don't know if you've seen it. (laughs) 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 Cecily Strong is Cleopatra, and then um, Kenan Thompson and uh, Kate McKenna are like assistants to Aquafina, and they're just like making all Uh of these like ridiculous comments and uh, but and just she's like, oh my god, bury me, you know, bury my organs in little jars because I am dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I know. <laughs> we were we were in, we were just in tears laughing. I think I've probably watched it way too many times. It's probably unhealthy now, but um, it's just it's just really funny. Oh yeah, you know, if you get a chance, some, grab it. I, I love people love to poo-poo uh, SNL. Oh, it's not. It's there, there's there's always something to find. There's oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't as as somebody who's been an art director uh, in a previous life. They there was a piece that they did. It was a it was a video uh, called Papyrus, where they're talking about yes. that font. And this, and they're just this guy. He's a, he's an art director, and he, and he's talking about the movie Avatar, and it's like that's not a logo. That's just papyrus. It's just papyrus. <laughs> you know, how can I get an award for logo design? <laughs> you know, I've yelled about that font so many times, and then to watch that, that just killed me. Yeah. They, I mean, it's funny yeah. because you know I've watched this now literally since it started. Um, mm-hmm. Whether I should have been watching it, I'm not really sure. But I was watching it in the original five yeah. years, um, and there were plenty of things that I'm just sitting there going, "Man, I cannot believe my parents let me watch this show." But um, but it was the 70s, so whatever. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. and now it's just it's just got some really amazing cast members. I mean, it has over the years multiple times, and and it oh, seems yeah. like the guests that come on are truly willing to just let let things fly. And I think that's a big part of it, of their success as well, is they, 
have people on there that are willing to not only laugh at themselves, but do a good job while they're there. And they, you know, they throw so much stuff up on the wall because they have to, you know, their schedule, they're putting out however many sketches every week. And so not all of them are going to be knocked out of the park, but, you know, for the, for the rate at which they work, the amount of stuff they generate that is, you know, that you would want to share with somebody and say, you need to see this. I mean, that's impressive. And have that a bit of escapism yeah. and, a, and a good laugh, which is always healthy. Oh, so good. Like your books. Oh, thank you for circling back like that. I know. I was, I've been practicing. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have, it makes me happy when somebody says uh, they've yeah. picked up the next book and they laughed out loud and I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I know that when you're sitting down writing it, that's not like, oh, they are going to laugh so hard at this. I mean, every once in a while you will because you're laughing. Because you're writing it, you're laughing. But, you know, having done improv for years, you know, yeah. I mean, like the rule of improv is don't try to tell a joke. You know, don't mm-hmm. try to be funny because then it's not going to work. You know, things right. just have to happen organically. I will say that now I do keep all my – I. I keep some of my cocktail swag around my computer as I write because they just keep me happy, my little plastic animals. Yeah. I mean, whatever works. <laughs> you know, they just remind me to lighten up. But, um, but yeah, you can't, you can't force it because then it will feel yeah. that way. Right. But, yeah, I mean, and, there are yeah. definitely times that, you know, like I'll be – uh, editing my book, I'll be reviewing it, and something will catch me that I forgot I wrote, and you know, I'll be like, "Oh, I'm glad I put that in there. That's kind of funny." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, have you done this where you're writing, you're reading, rereading it later, like significantly later, and you're like, "Wow, I wrote that. <laughs> that was pretty good." <laughs> my my favorite bit of, you know, bad behavior on my part when I'm editing it is is. I'll be reading something and I'll and I'll think, oh, you know what should happen next? You know, rereading it and and I yeah. turn the page and and that's exactly what it says, and then I'm all impressed with me and then I'm like, wow, your ego is enormous. Because <laughs> I'm like, that was the perfect thing to happen. I'm like, oh, please. Uh, uh, actually, yeah. Years ago, I had a dream that um, it's not a funny movie. But when Schindler's List came out, everybody kept saying, you need to see it. You need to see it. You know, we, we can't forget. We need to see it. And I hadn't seen it. And I had a dream. And in the dream, I went to a movie theater and watched the movie. So I wasn't mm-hmm. watching the movie. I was watching my version of the movie because it was my dream. And right. in the dream, I'm like, damn, this is a good movie. And then I woke up and I'm like, you don't like Schindler's List. You like your version of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, get over yourself. <laughs> Let me just make some notes. So, yeah. Exactly. I'm sure they'll want to hear from me. Yes. What's it? Um, one of the funniest. So we got to go see Neil deGrasse Tyson several years ago, or a few years ago, and, and he was mm-hmm. lecturing on, it was one, it was called um, um, Astrophysics or something in the movies. And so he was bringing up all these different movies, and he said there's movies that do – like try really, really hard to be accurate 
and then and they get most of it right. And then there's movies that just mm-hmm. don't give a crap about what happens and if it's right, and they get some of it right. Um, so he was talking about uh, Titanic and how James Cameron had um, – you know, gone to such extremes to have every detail correct and, you know, like the ship and the way it was set up and the furniture and everything. Well, when Rose is on the, the, the door and she looks up, you know, it's the, the original sky was just basically a mirror image of itself. So uh-huh. Neil deGrasse Tyson said when he saw it, he's like, wait a minute, you've done all this other research and you don't have the right sky? Well, of course yeah. you don't. Whatever. So he had reached out to James Cameron several times and got no response. Well, then there was an event at the Hayden Planetarium where Neil deGrasse Tyson he runs. So they're having this big thing. They've had a few bottles of wine, and you know here are these two very potent alpha males. And um, Tyson says, "By the way, you know," and mentions the sky. And James Cameron looks at him and goes, "Well, the last I saw, it's made over a billion dollars." So. <laughs> um. <laughs> See, I was yeah. I was thinking from like a crummy storytelling point of view, like okay, so everything, all the details and the plates and all that, and the the costuming has to be perfect and realistic, and it would be so insanely realistic to be on a ship that is sinking and worry about chasing somebody around a boat to shoot them. Like they're probably yeah. going to die anyway. Like, how is that? something right right i don't know well what happened I is when they did the, the 10th anniversary release his cinematographer called neil degrasse tyson and said i heard you have a sky for me so then they, they replaced <laughs> it <laughs> that's i guess it bothered him enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah really oh uh, my gosh yeah that's a bar well thank you so I much for being the- here today i really oh. appreciate you you know, it is completely my pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Um, and, and I enjoy seeing all your pet pictures on Instagram. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we'll keep on writing. And please come back around the holidays. Let's talk some uh, Bride of Carefulish and drink some drinks. That would be fantastic. Yes, next time I'll drink something other than coffee. Woohoo! All right. Maybe Woo-hoo. we'll each have a Yoda. We'll have a Yoda drink or whatever with Kahlua. I don't know. So, yeah, all good. A floating Yoda. <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. I've been talking to Honey Parker. She has her newest book, Daughter of Carefulish, is out now. You can find her on her website, Instagram, Facebook, and Amazon. And the links to all that are in the write-up of the show. Keep on reading, everybody. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.